Luke chapter 17, beginning at verse 11, it says, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go shoot yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Amen. We'll stop right there. And like I said, we've all heard this account. Uh, we've all uh, should have read this account at some point. Uh, but, but we should all be somewhat familiar with it. Uh, Jesus, <coughs> here it says that he went, uh, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. He entered into a certain village, and there met in their ten that were lepers, which stood afar off. And we know a little bit later in this account that Luke is speaking of that uh, there must have been nine Jewish lepers there and one Samaritan leper that was there. This one Samaritan turned around uh, to give God praise, and he turned around to thank Jesus. Jesus for cleansing him but when they first went into this certain village we have no idea exactly which village it was it doesn't matter it says it was a certain village they went in and there were ten lepers that stood afar off why were they standing afar off well first of all if there were Jewish lepers there they were doing precisely as the Levitical law told them to do the Levitical law said that as long as the plague was within them that they were defiled they would live outside the camp they would live by themselves they couldn't go within the camp they were cut off from family they were cut off from friends they couldn't work, they couldn't go anywhere that anyone who was not affected by the plague was so they were following along with exactly what the law said I'm sure at this point they had been to the priest, you can look up any of this in Leviticus 13 and Leviticus 14 in the Old Testament, but they had to go to the priest if they had a blot in their skin if they had a bright spot in their skin if they had a blemish of any kind they would go to the priest the priest would put them away for seven days when they would go back and look if it had spread it was considered leprosy if it had not spread they were considered to be clean and it was some other blemish on their skin but either way these lepers the bible says that they were lepers they were they were cut off from the rest of their family from the rest of the community they were out there afar off away from the people away from fellowship all they had to go on was fellowship within themselves they could only fellowship with other lepers they could only touch other lepers could only communicate with other lepers that's all that they had was one another now folks there was a Samaritan among these lepers here one Samaritan that
that we know of among these ten. The Jews hated the Samaritans and the Samaritans could not stand the Jews. But how much does it draw us together when bad things happen to us? These people have a defilement in their skin, a defilement of their body, and they were drawn together. They didn't look whether he was a Samaritan. He didn't look to see if they were a Jew. There was something that they had in common with one another. They were all lepers here. So this Samaritan and these Jews were standing afar off just as they should have been. So away from the city, away from the gate, away from quote-unquote the healthy people. They were doing exactly as they should. But what did they do? They didn't just stand there. They saw a need. They knew their need. They had a disease that there was no cure for. They couldn't just go and pop a few pills and go on their merry way. They couldn't go to the doctor, get a shot of penicillin, and it clear right up. They couldn't do some of the things that we can nowadays. If you had leprosy, it was pretty much a death sentence on you. It took a miracle from Almighty God to be healed of this disease, to be healed of this leprosy that they had. So they all recognized that they had a disease. They all recognized that they had a problem but they recognized one that was coming into the distance they recognized one that they I'm sure that because Jesus had already performed miracles his fame had spread about through all the region they had heard of this man and they said Jesus have mercy on us hey how much more fervently will we pray when we truly have a need how often do we hit our knees and repeat the same things over and over because we don't feel a need in our lives. These men here, they knew a need. They knew they were on death row, so to speak. So they saw the one that could fix this. They cried out to Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on us. Nothing about anything else. They wanted mercy. Jesus heard them. Jesus heard. Now listen, he didn't go up to them. He didn't touch each one on the forehead. He didn't take his suit jacket off and beat the tar out of them. He didn't do anything along these lines. He simply told them, go show yourselves to the priest. And folks, that was part of the Levitical law. To go show yourselves to the priest. You had to go be pronounced clean by the priest. And that was an order of Almighty God. That was God's directions that that happened. It was God's directions. You read over there in the Old Testament. It's not only in Leviticus. You can read about it in Deuteronomy as well. That God gave charge to the priests to pronounce them clean and pronounce them unclean. Folks, now listen. I've heard this talk that, 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 that preachers nowadays they have the charge to pronounce someone saved or pronounce someone lost that is not what this is getting at that's nowhere near what this is getting at this is showing what Jesus Christ can do in a life not only physically but but spiritually as well yes he cleaned there he cleansed ten people here he told them go show yourselves to the priest and they all took off no doubt those nine Jews that were on their way to the priest the one 
what do they have on their mind? I get to go back to my family. I get to go back to my friends. I can go back to my job. I can go within the city. I can commune with people again. Not be stuck out here with just these other lepers. That's exactly what was on those Jews' mind. Folks, this Samaritan, that was the furthest thing from his mind, I believe. Not just because he turned around and gave glory to God. And he did do that. And he fell down at the feet of Jesus. And he praised him. And he thanked him. And he worshiped Jesus Christ. Yes, but folks, he was a Samaritan. Jesus saw Samaritans as nothing more than Gentiles. Why was that? Jesus was a Jew. Hey, don't take my word for it. You read John chapter 4. What did he tell that woman over there at the well that he met? He said, you know not what you worship. He said, we know what we worship because salvation is of the Jews. He was telling that to a Samaritan woman. He saw Gentiles as Gentiles. He saw Samaritans as Gentiles. The only Jews were true blue Jews, not these half-breeds from Samaria. Jesus Christ saw as that just as much as the disciples of Jesus Christ saw them as that. But he did not turn this one away. He didn't cleanse none and leave the other one for dead. He cleansed them all. But the Samaritan would not have been under the same law as those Jews were. He turned around, gave God praise. He recognized God, Samaritan or not. He recognized God. He gave him praise. He went and bowed down before Jesus. He recognized Jesus as his healer. And he gave him praise. Praise, folks. Jesus, nowhere in the scripture does it show where he gave an ounce, uh, uh, an ounce of consideration to Samaritan priests. An ounce of, of consideration to Samaritan law. Folks, their laws were different. Their priests were different. Their religious practices were different. Jesus Christ paid no attention to that. Jesus Christ followed the Levitical law to a T because it's a law that God the Father put in place. Jesus Christ would have never, ever went above or below or around that law. He came to follow the law. Every jot and every tittle of that law, he followed until he died on the cross. He could go home to the Father saying, I've done it. It is finished. I've done what you sent me to do. Every bit of that law was followed. Jesus Christ here, he was following the law. Or he was encouraging others, let me rephrase, to follow the law. He told everyone, I'm going to show yourselves to the priest. People will give these other nine down the road. So they didn't turn around. They didn't give them thanks. Folks, they were being obedient to what Jesus said. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. They were doing exactly what they knew they had to do in order to be restored. In order to be restored to their families and to their friends, to, to the community that they were from. In order to do that, they had to be pronounced clean by the priest. The law was still in effect. Christ had not been offered as the ultimate sacrifice yet. Christ was sitting here uh, telling these men this. He was standing here telling them, go show yourselves to the priest. So before we look down our nose at those nine that did not come back to give him thanks, we need to consider who those nine were. They were nine that not only were following the law of Moses, which was still in effect at this point, but they were following the orders and the commands of Jesus Christ, God himself, that had given them those commands. The only one that turned around came back was a Samaritan. 
Yeah. As I said, and I ain't trying to be ugly and say that he was a half-breed. Yeah. He was a half-breed Jew. And yeah. that's why the true blue Jews from Jerusalem did not like the ones from Samaria. And that's why Samaria did not like the ones in Jerusalem. It was basically a racial war between the two of them. They made fun, the Jews made fun of the Samaritans. The Samaritans made fun of the Jews. And it had been that way for centuries at this point. But nevertheless, the one that came back was the one that that law didn't really apply to to begin right. with. The Samaritan. He's the one that came back. And he, and he gave praise to Jesus. But folks, consider again. I know <clears throat> already brought it up. Consider the state that they were in. Oh, yeah. They were dying. Mm -hmm. Dying. But they recognized that. We've got to recognize our need before we can never get saved. Yeah. If, if I had never been shown that I was a sinner on my way to hell, I would have never been saved. Because yeah. I would have still thought that I was alright. Mm -hmm. I would have still thought that all was okay. All was fine and well in the world. And my life was great. That's what I thought before I was saved. I had to be shown my state. I had to be shown that I was dead in my trespasses and sins before I could realize my need to be lifted up out of those trespasses and sins. To have life breathed into my my dead body, my dead spiritual body, I had to be shown first that I was dead. These men here, they knew their state, they knew their condition, and they saw their need, and they saw the one that could meet that need. They cried out to Jesus. Jesus told them, go show yourselves to the priest, and on their way there, they were cleansed. Amen. Jesus didn't have to touch a one of them. Nope. Now you flip over to Mark chapter 1, you don't have to turn there now. There's another account. <clears throat> Mark chapter 1 is one of the first miracles performed in, in Mark's account. Naturally, in Mark chapter 1. But there was a leper. And it says that Jesus moved, had compassion on him. Mm -hmm. He came to Jesus asking to be healed. And it says that Jesus reached out and he touched him. And he made him whole, made him clean. He said, be thou clean. Be thou clean. Now, folks, that was a different circumstance. That was a different leper. That was a different, that was a whole different thing. When God came to you and saved your soul, he didn't save you any differently than he did me. He uh -huh. saved you out of different sins than what he saved me out of. And he saved me out of different sins than what he saved you out of. And he saved you with the same gospel. He saved you with the same blood. He saved you, saved you with the same plan that he had had in place from the beginning of time. He'd done all that. But your sin was different and my sin was different. Jesus touched that leper in Mark chapter 1 because it was a different way that needed to be done in the eyes of God, in the eyes of Christ. It needed to be done differently that way. But these 10, he said, go show yourselves to the priest and on their way there, they were cleansed. Amen. What excitement that must have been. Yeah. What excitement they must have had. It don't say how long they've been lepers. Could have been a year, could have been five years. Could have been tenured. We don't know. We have no no idea. But what excitement that must have caused for them. You flip back over into the Old Testament, Second Kings. There was a man named Naaman. He was a Syrian king, and he he was a leper. It talks about how mighty he was and how valiant he was. It says, but he was a leper. 
he was a leper. And what 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 happened there? As some of the some of the Jewish girls, there was a Jewish maid that was taken basically hostage. We would call it nowadays. But she said she said the Naaman's wife, whom she waited on, she said, "I, I would that God would uh, would, uh, would be with Naaman. I would that God would help him. Hey, he could he could heal his leprosy if God was just there." And they they told him about Elisha. They told him about the man of God, the prophet of God that was that was over there. And they went and said, and the next thing you know, Naaman set up outside the door of Elisha's house and Elisha sends a messenger unto Naaman and the messenger tells him, go down there to the Jordan River, dip yourself seven times and you will be clean. Hey, Naaman didn't like that idea. Naaman didn't want to dunk himself in the muddy, filthy, nasty Jordan River. He said, hey, there's a couple of rivers where I'm from that are perfectly clean. Why should I dunk myself in this one? says he was robbed. He was mad with the answer. He was mad with the healing that was sent that way. Folks, when, when people hear the gospel now, when lost people hear the gospel, they get mad. They get wrathful. They want vengeance. They want everything. They get upset because this book tells them exactly what they are. Amen. Sinners on their way to hell. Yeah. Same thing it told me. Same thing it told you. It tells him that. Naaman didn't like that answer. He, he says, these rivers, these other rivers I can dunk in. But what happened? He was convinced. He said, well, this is the prophet of God. This is Elisha. He said to do this thing. And he went and he dunked himself seven times. And his leprosy was healed. Mm-hmm. Folks, <clears throat> he could have saved himself just a few extra minutes of suffering. Yeah. Or a half a day's suffering, or a few hours suffering. I don't know exactly how long it was from the time he became wroth and rebelled against the answer to the time he actually went through with it. Mm-hmm. But he could have saved himself some suffering. Oh, yeah. Imagine how much suffering I could have saved myself if I had gotten saved the first time God chased after me. Right. I have no idea how old I was. I don't know how old you all were when God finally got a hold of you, when God finally tracked you down and, and, and saved your soul. But I know I was 33 when it happened to me. Imagine how much suffering that I could have uh, not necessarily physically have escaped, but that God could have helped me through. God could have walked with me through. How much how much less suffering I would have had had I just got saved sinner. But you know what? God's plan is perfect. And, I, and, I, and, and when God came and he saved my soul, he knew exactly what he was doing. Oh, I'm persuaded. And I've heard people say it before. Boy, I wish I was 15 again. I wish I was 20 again. And I wish I was 25 again. I wish I, I wish I was 18 again. I've heard people say that. And every time I hear that, I'm like, not me. Because I didn't have Jesus when I was those ages. I didn't have Jesus when I was 15. I didn't have Him when I was 18 or when I was 20. I wouldn't go back to those times for anything, regardless how much energy I had, regardless of if, if I could work three jobs and no sleep for four or five days in a row, regardless of any of that, I would not go back to it because I didn't have the answer. I did not have Jesus. Now, when I go back to 33, 
When I got saved, no, because I'm closer to going home now than I was then. I'm closer to it now than I was then. Folks, let's just take what God gives us. Take it. Don't take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a grateful attitude. Mm-hmm. Even Paul says that. He says to come before God uh, with, uh, with thanksgiving in our heart. He says with prayer and supplication, yes. Hey, these lepers here, they, they uttered a prayer when they said, Jesus, have mercy on us. They uttered a prayer. But there was one, that Samaritan, that came back before Jesus, bowed himself down, and he come to him with prayer and thanksgiving and supplication just as Paul would write several years after this happened. Amen. He done it exactly the way it was supposed to be without the instructions to do so. Right. Without, without Paul's instructions to do so. Mm-hmm. Folks, <clears throat> there's all kinds of lepers we can read about oh, yeah. in Scripture. Now leprosy is a picture. Now listen, it's, a, it's an actual physical ailment. It's an actual disease and it can actually kill people. And it killed plenty of them back back then. Now we've got medicines that can treat it, thank God. But it's still it's still a, a, a relevant thing today. Even here in the United States, you go over the Midwest, you see quite a few cases of leprosy. Why? Because armadillos carry leprosy. They're known leprosy carriers. And it doesn't really affect them like it does the rest of the animal world. Or it does the, the human world for that matter. But you see leprosy even here in the United States. We just don't read about it or hear about it a whole lot because we can treat it now. That brings us to complacency. That brings us to being comfortable. So what if I get leprosy? They can treat it. Give me a couple of shots. Give me a bottle of pills. Another week or two, I'll be fine. That's, That's getting too comfortable, folks. And we do that with God. We do that with God. We get comfortable. We say, I'm a saved, born again child of God. I don't need to pray. I'm a saved, born again child of God. I don't need to go to church. I'm a saved, born again child of God. I don't need to read my Bible. I don't need to do this, and I don't need to do that. You don't need to do it for salvation. No, if you've already got it, you don't have to do those things. But if you've truly got salvation, you will have a desire in your heart to do those things. This Samaritan here, it's obvious. He didn't just go running home to the wife and to the kids and say, Hey, honey, I'm home. He had a desire to turn around and thank the man that cleansed him and he went and he done it he wasn't complacent at all now i ain't saying those other nine were complacent or they were comfortable once again folks jesus commanded them to do something and they were going off to do it now i ain't saying that command didn't apply to the samaritan but that command pertained to the law that those jews had to follow because it was still in place it was still in place christ had not been crucified as of yet, the Bible praised God. The Bible says that, that Jesus Christ is the end of the law and the salvation. But folks, Jesus Christ's death was the end of that law and the salvation. His death had not yet occurred. He had not yet been crucified. The law was still in effect. It was in effect to who? To those that believed in the law. Those that the law was given to. Jews. Those other nine were Jews. This one Samaritan turned around, went back. He obviously had a desire. He wasn't quite comfortable with just running home and saying, hey, I'm, I'm here, I'm clean, all is well. Plus, he would have had a little bit further to a run 
uh, as opposed to these Jews that were here considering where they were. They would have been north of Jerusalem at this point. Jesus had done set his face like a flint. He set his face steadfastly toward Jerusalem. He was moving in that direction. He had to have come south, gone along the edge of the Jordan River. You look at it on one of these Bible maps sometime. He'd have had to have followed right along the Jordan River because in the very next chapter we find him in Jericho, which is down on the other side of Jerusalem. He went this way because he knew there were ten lepers there that needed cleansing. It ain't no different than the woman at the well. It would have been a much shorter route for him to have went a different way. But he said, I must have needs to go through Samaria because he knew that woman would be there at that well. He knew that Samaritan woman would be there. He knew what she needed and he knew that he was the only one that could provide it. He knew all these things. And Jesus routed himself accordingly. He didn't step. He didn't take one step. His entire earthly life, I'm persuaded, Jesus didn't take one step that hadn't already been pre-planned. It wasn't pre-planned from the from the, the beginning of the eons. Mm-hmm. The Bible calls them the ancient of days. The Bible calls them the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the alpha, the omega. Every step that he took, every everywhere that he went, every person that he spoke to, it was pre-planned. There were no mistakes and there were no coincidences in Scripture. It is impossible. It is impossible. I preached an entire sermon here on it one time. It is impossible to have coincidences in a universe that is governed by a sovereign almighty God. There is no such thing as coincidence. We might see it like that in our eyes, in our human eyes, our fleshly eyes. We might see it like that in our mind. But there is no such thing as coincidence with a sovereign God that is over everything. Everything happens as, as he knew that it would happen. And everything happens according to his plan. Uh, and that includes these ten lepers here. <clears throat> as I said, they they were standing afar off just as they they were they knew that they should. They knew that they had to stand afar off. They were not allowed to see. There's another uh, story in Second Kings. In fact, uh, Naaman, I believe you find him in the fifth chapter of Second Kings, and you flip just a couple of chapters over to the seventh chapter of Second Kings, and you find <clears throat> these uh, four lepers. They're outside the city. They're right outside the gate of the city, but they can't go in. Why? Because they're lepers. They're, they're not wanted in there. They're, they, and they said, why should we sit here till we die? Right. There was a famine going on inside the city within, within the gates. There was a famine going on. There was, and the, and the, the, the enemy, they were camped out in the desert, they, and they were basically waiting on them to starve out inside the city so they could go in, they could loot, they could plunder, they could kill what was left. They could do all these things. There were four lepers outside the city and they say why sit we here until we die if we go into the city hey we'll die of starvation but if we go out yonder to this camp to this enemy's camp I believe it was Syrians that was out there in the desert if we go out into their camp hey they'll either kill us or they'll take us in but either way we're going to die because we're sitting here as lepers they went out into the desert and they found the encampment and they went into a tent there was nobody there they left their asses tied up left their left their horses tied up. They'd left all their meat, all their gold, all their silver, all their flour, everything that they had, they left it. Why? Because God had made a noise and he had driven the enemy away. He made a noise that sounded like a huge army that was coming. Uh And those those boys, they said, let's get out of here. 
and they fled. So those, those lepers, four lepers, went into one tent. Yeah. As they ate, they got, they got some goodies together, went off and hid them. And then they come back, went into another tent. They ate a little bit more, got some more goodies. And they said, what good are we doing here? Are we doing good with what we found? We should go to the city. We should go to the city and tell them what we found. So they go to the city. And now, folks, listen. These are lepers we're talking about. Leprosy in the Bible, yes, it's a physical element. It is a picture of sin, though. It is a picture of sin. It just slowly eats away at you. It slowly eats away. That's why, we, that's why we degrade from the time that we're born to the time that we die because we have sin nature in us inherited from Adam and Eve, our original mother and fathers. We slowly degrade over time because of sin. Leprosy is a picture of sin. But these were lepers and they said, what good are we doing? We should go tell them in the city what we found. They're all starving over there at the city. And I'm sure they, they had some ulterior motive behind that. Hey, maybe they'll like us. Maybe they'll even let us in. Maybe they'll give us our own corner right there in the, in the middle, of, or right there over there in the side of the city somewhere. Who knows what they would do? But they went to the city and they called for the porter. And the porter came down and they said, hey, there's a camp out here in the desert of the enemy. And they've left all their things. There's food out there. There's flour. And the, the prophet of God had made, a, had made a prophecy not long before that. He said, in the very gate of the city that, a, that a, a, a deal of flour will be sold for a shekel and all these things will come to be. And he said, and he told the leader of that, that people, he said, you will see this, but you will not eat thereof. Yeah. So they went to the city. They told them about it. They said, let's take the five horses that we have left. Folks, they were starving. That means their animals were starving too. And if they wasn't starving, they was eating the animals. They eat whatever they get their hands on. Folks, there's a count in scripture of Jewish people eating their own babies. That's right. They were eating their own babies because of famine. But folks, it wasn't even so much because of the famine. It was because of sin. It was because of idolatry that they were doing that. But they were hungry. They, you'll eat about anything you can get your hands on, you get hungry enough. These people were eating their animals. They were eating whatever they get their hands on. They said that we got five horses. Let's send, let's send the horses. Let's send men on the horses out of this camp. See what's going on. They went out there. They found it to be true. They found the vessels of the enemy spread all over the trail that was leading away from that camp because they had gotten rid of those vessels in, in, uh, in haste. They got rid of their vessels, got rid of their weapons, got rid of everything, anything to get the weight off of them so they could flee that noise that they thought was an enormous army coming to smash. Them. They went out there and the city was saved. Yeah. They went out there and got all those supplies of the enemy, brought them there. But that one that the prophet of God testified against, he, he got trampled to death right there at the gate of the city. His prophecy came true. He saw the flower being sold for such a cheap price that he said it was impossible. He saw it happen just as the prophet said, mm -hmm. but he got trampled underfoot. Of those there at the gate of the city. <clears throat> so that prophecy came true. But folks, it was lepers. It was lepers there. And their their idea at the beginning of that whole account, Second Kings chapter seven, was why sit we here till we die? Yeah. Why sit we here till we die? That's why I like to <coughs> scream at lost people when they hear the gospel preached. <clears throat> Why sit we here till we die, knowing that the gospel has gone out, 
knowing that the good news of Jesus Christ has gone out, and yet they still sit there. Which now, folks, I can preach so I was blue in the face that the Holy Ghost of God ain't dealing. It won't do a lost person any good. The Holy Ghost has got to draw that person. But I would love to scream that because I'm convinced, I'm persuaded that when the gospel goes out, the Holy Ghost is moving. Sometimes he'll move on, he'll move on saved people. Sometimes he'll move on lost people. Sometimes he moves across an entire congregation of saved and lost folks. But he will deal with each person according to their needs. Just like Jesus Christ dealt with one leper differently than he dealt with ten. Amen. It was according to their needs yeah. that it happened. They had a need. Folks, I have a need even being a saved, born-again child of God. I still have a need of Jesus Christ. And I will always have that need of Jesus Christ. That's, where, that's more complacency we're talking about. Folks, don't let yourself get too comfortable in your walk with God. I ain't saying don't snuggle up with Him. And I ain't saying don't let Him pick you up and cradle Him. I'm not saying that at all. But don't get too comfortable in your walk because once you start getting comfortable, you're going to say, sit me down just a little while. Let me walk along beside of you just a little while instead of you carrying me. And the second you start walking beside of you, you're going to see a distraction to the right you'll see a distraction to the left you'll see something to get you off the way not because God wants you to go that way but because you and your simple nature wants to go that way don't get complacent in your, in your, in your walk with God in your relationship with God his ten, his ten lepers had a need Jesus met that need mm -hmm. when, they had, when they saw their need or they recognized their need they knew what needed to be done. And they shouted. They prayed. Mm -hmm. They prayed under the one that could fix that need. Nine of them went on and done what they were told to do. One of them come back and give praise unto God. Give praise unto God and thank Jesus at his feet. And Jesus, the very last uh, line of that account says, And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Jesus said that to a lot of people in yeah. the scriptures. We think that woman with the issue of blood was, was healed because she touched the, the hem of his garment or the tassel of his garment, uh, whatever you want to call it, touched the end of his garment. That had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Jesus told her himself, thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, it's an awesome account that we have in the scripture that there was a crowd of people around Jesus there and she come pressing through the crowd. No doubt she was crawling, trying her best. Hey, she shouldn't have even been out there with those people to begin with. She, she wasn't much better than these lepers here with an issue like that. She was forbidden by the law to touch people, to be near people. Her husband couldn't touch her. She was not supposed to be anywhere close to those people. But she saw the one that could fix and that could supply her need. These lepers are no different. The leper in Mark chapter 1 is no different. Naaman is no different. The four lepers in the city in 2 Kings chapter 7 are no different. Folks, you and your sin nature is no different. Me and my sin nature is no different. There is one that can meet our needs. Jesus Christ. And it takes us recognizing our need. Whether that's need of salvation, whether it's a need of healing, whether it's a need of whatever, Jesus Christ is the only one that can meet that need. Amen. We cry out to him and he will meet it. He says, thy faith has made thee whole. Never forget that. It is not something that you did. No. <laughs> Everything that Jesus Christ did mm -hmm. that, that makes us whole. 